you say you talk about Donald Duck's seat and Mickey Mouse's seat. You don't talk about his butt. And I uh, I approve. I approve. I don't want to. Why I don't want to uh, talk about these characters' butts. But uh, why? Like how? Why? Why does seat make it better? Um, just because it 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 is like the least anatomical thing I think you can call a a butt. I know there's something about it that just is is so. It turns it from a like a body part into like a piece piece of furniture. <laughs> I know, I know, it's uh, not healthy I to objectify. Ah, uh, yeah, exactly. You are <laughs> you are just admitting to a bunch of things that you are hung up about, especially yeah. checking out cartoon characters' asses. Well, and I you mean, don't want to be called out on it, so you're just all like, I like when they have seats. It some looks- have big seats and some have little seats, but they all have seats. Yeah, listen, I get you. I get listen, you listen. Right, Donald right. <laughs> Race cars, lasers, airplanes. It's a duck seat. <laughs> Saga, you know we keep it groovy. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies. A couple of nerds, but got style. We so cool. Pop culture, talking new and old school. Yeah, you should know we love hip hop from the roots. Ty Lib, shout out to Feral Munch. We giving you what you want. It don't get no liver. Ain't no doubt we got you. This is Pop Saga. Let's go. Oh yeah, you heard right. This is a lifestyle. Welcome to the nerd life. Pop Saga. Captain America, created by Jack Kirby and Joe Simon, burst onto the page in 1941. While initially very popular, superheroes in general would fall out of favor after the end of World War II. It wasn't until 1964 that Cap would be reintroduced and remain in print continuously to this day. Despite the book's popularity, Marvel initially struggled to translate Captain America to other mediums, and it wouldn't be until 2011 that the hero would finally get a worthy adaptation, and that's what we're talking about today. Captain America, the first Avenger, directed by the master of pulp, Joe Johnson. I'm Forrest, but you can just call me Dum Dum, and I'm joined by John, the star-spangled man with a plan. Welcome to today's episode, John. Let's talk about Captain America. I can do this all day. <laughs> nope, I can do this for about an hour and a half. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I, got, I got some things to do. I need to walk the dog. Buy some groceries. <laughs> That's but, right. Yeah, I can talk Cap to a point. So while not being able to do it all day, I will do it for a good chunk of the day. That's fantastic. You know, John, I know you uh, enjoyed a few libations yesterday. Are, is there anything in your cup today besides uh, H2O, God's yeah. beer? <laughs> yeah, it's like, you like the Rocky Mountains, cold, refreshing. Coors? No, thank you. I'll just take the water, the runoff from the factory. Uh, no, I am just drinking water. Lord knows it's a lot of water, because I drink a lot of whiskey. And um and gin. That's and, fantastic. And beers. Well, while and gin Prosecco. is not <laughs> and on and on and on. And yeah, and a rose too. 
Ooh, that sounds like a delightful combination. Um, I, uh, in honor of today's podcast, uh, talking about America, sort of celebrating the 4th of July, kind of. Um, Huh? We're celebrating something else, too. Um, Let's see. We're celebrating uh, the creation of the Double Down. The KFC uh, <laughs> sandwich Good. that's two uh, chicken breasts deep fried with bacon and cheese in the middle. The double down. Congratulations yeah. on being canceled. No, that was that 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 anniversary happens in um, August. No, um, I thought I thought I sent out the holiday calendar to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Important key dates. <laughs> Double Down Day will be celebrated this year. August 16th, damn it. And (laughs) then like August 16th at 12.01, the first quad down was ever invented. (laughs) Where John went to a KFC close to his work, ordered two double downs, then stacked one on top of the other and created the quad down. He then also created the he will not work for the rest of the day because the quad <laughs> down put him down for the count. <laughs> John, yes. I, I got a report to you and I didn't finish it. Give me one of those quad downs. I gotta go home early. <laughs> no, you ain't going home. You're like, like at best, you're gonna make it to the first bench that's near your work. <laughs> that's it. And he's like, oh, John, what happened? I'm like, eh, quad down. Well, say no more. So no more. I'll just cover you with this crude blanket and hope to see you tomorrow. Thank you. And then the blanket just blows off down the fucking street. No, I know you're not um you're not keeping track of everything and maybe correct me if I'm wrong. Um Am I wrong? Hold on. Am I wrong? <laughs> No, I think you're talking about the anniversary of Pop Saga. Yes, that's, that's what I'm right. talking about. I yeah. was being coy, but I knew all along. That's right. It One year ago, when this comes out, of course, was our first episode. And uh, I was thinking about that, actually, a little bit recently. Mm-hmm. Um, about how much my process has changed since that first our initial episode. Um, yeah. I really love, I think I'll always love that initial episode because it's so I'm, you can hear it in my voice, I think, but I am so scared <laughs> to be recording my voice for, for anyone besides myself. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. You still sound scared. So don't worry. Okay. <laughs> that's good. You're good. A healthy I, fear, I, I think it's good. Yeah, I'm with you. I've, I, while you've grown leaps and bounds, I have uh, stayed at the <laughs> nonsense episode two, maybe three level, and um, <laughs> I'm proud of that. Uh, feel like I've really accomplished nothing, but uh, <laughs> something is to be said for uh, for for consistency. A year without a break of uh. Top notch episodes. Some maybe That's not right. so top notch, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a notch. It's one of the notches. Yeah, like I mean, if there's a ground notch, and then there are just notches that go upwards. Yeah, it's can't not go the ground in... one. No, definitely. 
I mean, no, we've been it's in there. the middle somewhere. We've been there. Yeah, but it was like if if it was a hundred notches, I think we're like a good six or seven notches from the the bottom, and I'm for it. Yeah, I mean, I never, I never expect this this to become anything. And spoiler alert, it hasn't. <laughs> it but, has not. But I mean. <laughs> You know, to, to this day, we've had over 4,000 people download uh, these episodes, or at least our episodes have been downloaded over 4,000 times by the same 30 people. <laughs> it's more likely, but... Well, you know, that's not bad, because that means they're probably... It's like a Netflix subscription, right? Like, sometimes you just forget you have it. So oh, then, yeah. Like, you know, just carries over. But in this instance, we're just taking up space in there. Like, <laughs> hopefully, their device, if it's set to like auto download, they're like, okay, 52 episodes of Pop Song. You know, it's like, this is, this is, they talked for three hours about Masters of the Universe. Get the fuck. They had two parter. What the fuck is this? You know? Ah, uh, yes. Pop Saga. Hey, you remember this bit? Uh, Forrest stopped doing it because the accent was, uh, you know, bordering on the problematic. But, uh... <laughs> Pop Saga is the kind of show you listen to when you're doing other stuff. Pop Saga. Yeah, I mean, remember, like, having to put in a bunch of like editing these used to take me like eight hours because i'd have to sit find a clip that i thought was appropriate cut it down and then upload it while i was editing oh yeah that was insane but now i can just do this fresco (laughs) slush at the bottom of your trash can with combination (laughs) right and I don't have to worry about adding that because it's there. And if I ever want to be like, let's 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 heat up that zinger. Hold on, Batman's having a shit fit. <laughs> well, yep, I mean, see, I, that's that's another, constant. <laughs> yeah, see, that's another delightful part of our show for a year has been Batman barking in the background, our dogs going off, and uh, and uh, really adding texture and depth to the show. One of the um, things that unlike a Milky Way bar. <laughs> no texture and depth there um one of the things that i i always enjoy when i listen to the episodes because i uh sometimes do um but uh on your end th- there is like always almost always delightful birds like right outside of the the window it it sounds almost like we add them in just to give the uh the podcast sort of a a bucolic uh sort of twist to it yeah, nope, nope, they are real. Uh, whether I want them there or not, I guess they're letting <laughs> me know that global warming has not overtaken my area yet. Um, <laughs> yep, yet. <laughs> yeah, it's a little, little twinkly. I don't hear them because I've got the headphones on. But uh, yeah, I hear them in the background. I go, oh, okay, well, that's something. <laughs> that's uh, nice. Yeah, it's nice, but at the same time, I'm like, not very professional, because I should close the windows and try to soundproof my <laughs> well, office as possible. I'm like, mm. Yeah, I have... Uh... <laughs> yeah, no, I oh, no! <laughs> oh, JoJo. I still haven't watched those episodes <laughs> like I said I was going to. Good, don't. 
don't. Yep. No, don't worry, Cheze, if you're still listening. I will watch them someday. I'm a man of my word, after all. Ah, Pop Saga. The show where one of the hosts lies all the time. <laughs> yes. That one was just for me, apparently. That's fine. No, no, no. I didn't. I knew it was coming. This is the thing. <laughs> like, a lot of people, maybe they believe it. They, you know, one of the 4,000s downloads. Um, probably don't realize that we don't. A lot of podcasts I know who've been recording as of late, they actually, like, see each other you know like the, the, the video <laughs> yeah, sure. force and i don't we're we're, no. we're 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 completely like no cameras we, we just are like like mentally judoing our way through an episode <laughs> right we're just way. like you know like is he gonna say something no <laughs> i better i better shut up so that's how come a lot of times you'll get the no no go ahead because i actually can't see if he's going to start talking so i don't interrupt him vice versa so yeah. like but i knew that one was coming i knew the commercial was coming so i was just gonna <laughs> let you have that and then you know i i wanted the pepper in one of these just for old time's sake and then you know we'll move on to captain america that's the state of freddie mercury is very litigious so yeah. that's all you're ever going to get we are sticking to that it is the full fucking song too the whole thing but i'm like mm -mm, best you're getting like <laughs> <laughs> no i don't want freddie mercury's ghost haunting me i mean it'd be really cool but you know, i'm all right yeah i mean if you could pick a ghost i would definitely because I'd be like, Oh, Freddie, could you please sing me something? I'm having trouble going to sleep. And he'd be like, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> and that or, would be the, the the relationship we would have. Me and Freddie Mercury's ghost. Or like... <laughs> like that. <laughs> That's all I'm going to sing. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you get. You're just going to get the legally allowed little snippet. And it's all... I hate that I have to on you. <laughs> anyway, 52, huh? That's impressive. That's right. Yeah, 52 in the can. We're working on 53 right now, right? No, I Did think I number that this, wrong? I think this is 52. Mm, well, <laughs> sorry to future John. This episode is numbered incorrectly. It's all right. From uh, a certain point of view. I'll figure it out. I'm sure you will. Yeah. Well, uh, just so we can wrap up this, uh, this little segment of uh, a walk down memory lane, I just want to say uh, this is something that I look forward to doing every week. Um, for those of you who listen, thanks for listening. But... Mm. Um, I'm just going to continue doing it as long as John will put up with me, which I think, uh, yeah. So there you go. <laughs> There's my promise. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes, huh? Next week, <laughs> se series finale. No, no, I'm, this is, doing this definitely is a highlight because it's something that is uniquely and wholly ours which mm -hmm. you know not a lot of people can say yeah it, it it helped 
within, you know, dark times last year, having something that would bring me to a place of, uh, you know, nostalgia, which definitely got me through some stuff. So sure. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm having a ball doing this. Um, and you know, I'll keep doing it until, uh, you know, whenever. Yeah. Love it. Love that loose commitment. (laughs) (laughs) Hey man, we got this shit scheduled at least out to 2023. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> so, and I committed to another sh- to do another show. That's right. So stay tuned for our uh, day and date uh, review show about uh, Masters of the Universe Revelation. Masters yeah. of the Universe Revelation. No He Man in this one. I mean, there is going to be He Man. Everyone out there, calm down. He-Man's gonna be in it. But if he's not in every episode, who cares? I can't wait to see all the, the weird freakos that I get to follow around. <laughs> it's like, come on, Mechanic. Come on, Mechanic. Oh, you know. Uh, I've been having nightmares about Mechanic ever, ever since we saw the <laughs> 2002 He-Man. He's been haunting you. He'll do that. Yeah. He's, he's, just... the, he's kind of the worst. I mean, his helmet doesn't help. So, yeah, I'm with you there. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no, it does not. Like- but we're not talking about He-Man today. That'll be for another day. We are talking about 2011's Captain America, the first Avenger. The most self-conscious subtitle I think I've ever seen added to a Marvel movie. <laughs> just like, remember, the Avengers are coming out. Uh, just don't worry about it. He's the first one. He was the very first, okay? Please come see this movie. Yeah, I mean, it. it I know we don't want to. I mean, not really like jumping around, but like the after credit scene, I forgot what this one was. Yeah, dude. When I, I watched like, it, I was like, okay. oh, oh, this isn't, this isn't nearly as. I can see. 2000 like 11 job be like oh this is the greatest shit ever but if i had got that like 2015 with a marvel movie I'd be like what are you doing what are you yeah. showing me a trailer what is this don't right don't it's to me. interesting it's- to see them like they they just took a scene from the avengers and put it at the end of this movie they were like they weren't sure this was gonna pay off i mean they were like uh, oh god I hope well, this works. I mean, shit, dude. You talked about the the Captain America movies beforehand. The th- the three greatest Captain America movies ever made before the MCU. And uh, ooh, ooh, like yeah, that's a that's a weird batch of. Uh, I mean, to be fair, Marvel had a hard time like transferring all of their biggest properties to to movies, especially. If we're talking about the 90s and the early 80s, I mean, to be fair, Marvel, the Marvel we know today wasn't the same back then. They were, you know, on the verge of bankruptcy. They were selling all of their hottest properties to to studios like Fox. That's why we have this messed up and Sony. That's why we're that why we did have this messed up situation with Fantastic Four, where they were making these shitty Fantastic Four movies every other year just so they could keep the license and just like all this weird sort of corporate garbage that gave us so many bad superhero movies for so long. Oh yeah. No. Um, 
there's a cavalcade of just broken characters, you know, like broken versions of characters you like. But, you know, at the time I would accept it because it's like, well, this is the best they can do. And you figure like a Captain America movie on the scale of MCU, like Marvel characters anyway, would be relatively easy to make. Right. Then you watch the 1990s. Captain America movie, and you just go, holy jeebus, how many cars did he steal? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the thing about the 90s Captain America movie is that the fact that the the helmet or, like, the headpiece mask business had fake rubber human-painted ears on the outside is all you need to know. That's all you need to know. Yeah, like... Maybe they were like, you know, the quality of film. No one will see it. And it's like, nah, dude, those are rubber ears. Everyone can see it because they, they, they warp and shape change whenever he turns his head. They don't. It's, ugh. Ugh, that one's so bad. I would rather take the ones from, like, the, you know, the late 70s with the, the motorcycle helmet. The motorcycle helmet. Yeah, because those just, and the clear plastic, you know, shield. Oh, yeah. Because clear is cool. I mean, crystal clear Pepsi taught us that. So, yeah, like, crystal, crystal clear Pepsi and uh, and and uh, New Coke really, really taught us the lesson that don't do it. Yeah, well, New Coke was like a calculated risk. Crystal clear Pepsi was because that shit was extreme. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, well, Pepsi can't get any shittier. Yeah. Oh yeah, someone pulled out their sunglasses. <laughs> Yeah! (laughs) What is he doing there? (laughs) He just does one of the karate king uh, crane kicks, and he just, well, gotta listen to Tad. Tad has all the good ideas. We're gonna create a new soda, but we're gonna make it clear as crystal. Chad's out of here! Yeah! Listen, it's Tad. This character we've created, yeah! his name is Tad. It can't be Chad. I do what I want. Yeah! <laughs> I'm Chad now! I'm Chad now. Woo, my name's Ted. I'm out of here. <laughs> it's Tad. Tad, not Ted. <laughs> no, I used to go to a place called Tad Steakhouse, and I don't want to soul in the memory by uh, naming this bit character after that, so... <laughs> So it was good. I mean, you know, back in the day, it was like five bucks. You get steak, potato, salad. That sounds good. You know, like, I mean, it wasn't special, but it was a $5 steak, potato, and, you know, salad. So, hey, that sounds special to me. Yeah, you know, like, questionable. I couldn't tell you what cut of beef it was, but it tastes like beef. And, uh, you know, Toby really enjoyed it. Yeah. I think the steak dinner in this movie was from Tad's. I think it was from fucking Sizzlers. That thing looked dry as shit. <laughs> that looked so <laughs> terrible. Like I, I was like, well, they are in like they're in Europe, so they're probably like they're in London, I would believe, or England anyway. So that steak tracks. Yeah, like I imagine during the, the during the Blitz, the, they were in, if they were in London, like post Blitz. Uh, I get it. Probably hard to find a good steak. I mean, I'm just going to say, you know, the steak I had when I was there looked about comparable. So, 
I don't think steak cooking technology has improved since World War II over there. That's right, I said it. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. yeah Look, no, I... come at us, England. Uh, we'll take on your warm beer and delicious papadums anytime. Yeah, but that's not really theirs. It's not. It's not. I, I couldn't pull. I guess I could have said bankers and mash, but I've been watching like British uh, sitcoms and stuff, and they always talk about papadums. And I'm like, I'm like, God, I want one. Yeah, you think you do. Then you have one. You're like, eh, okay, I can see why you think it's exciting. They're good. I mean, you have to have something to 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 with it, obviously. But for shame. <laughs> you don't like papadums? They're all right. They're okay. They're not okay. like my go-to. You know, look, I, I in fact I had bangers and mash yesterday. Did and you? I was like, yes, yes. So we had a you know a, a tea party at the house, like you do, and, you know, with the little tea sandwiches. And the, sure. Let's you know, not elaborate mac- any further. <laughs> macaroons <laughs> and stuff. Anyway, uh, the other just to make sure there was enough food in the house, uh, my wife ordered a bunch of like like british staples like pub food pub food so we got like you know shepherd's pie you know Ooh, fish yeah. and chips and then they had bangers and mash which is john's favorite thing because it's just the you know sausage and mashed potatoes it's hard to get that messed up and then so when i was eating it i was like oh it was very easy to mess this up apparently because nothing had any flavor except the <laughs> no. sausages well that sounds but, extremely british Exactly. That's why I was like, this tastes exactly like I had it over there, so this tracks. <laughs> like, you, Do you, you have a favorite sausage? Uh, like type? Mm, I guess in the end of the day, like if it's not breakfast, yeah. so not like, like Link Sausage, I would probably go like Bratwurst or something like that. Yeah, uh, a Bratwurst like, is very good. Yeah, I but. love... Uh, Portuguese linguiça. Linguiça yeah. is my favorite sausage. Yeah, I can't do like I I like it, but it's not it's not like my go to. Like too much flavor. Sometimes yeah. I like sometimes I like a good baseline, so then that way I can top it with things. Versus like that, I feel like I wouldn't want to top with anything. Yeah, I think a I think a linguiça a little with a little uh with like a little of that like the stone ground mustard. In, in like a a bun is, is fantastic, but yeah, yesterday I had like a linguisa plus a potato salad with uh, eggs and stuff that I made from scratch, and man, it's just good. It's just, I mean, to your point, it's a very strongly flavored sausage, so it's good to have it kind of by itself. But so I guess yeah. my question was, was it as good as this movie? That we <laughs> we keep not wanting to talk about. <laughs> I mean, I would say that maybe Captain America: First Avenger is the linguisa of Marvel movies, which is to say that it has a very strong like identity to itself. Uh, but it doesn't always go as well with everything as 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 uh, Bratwurst does. I think that's fair. You know, like, kind of watching through this. Um, you know, I watched it fairly recently when I, I went through the movies and 
movie chronological, not movie. Chron- I have to have no way to describe this. This in movie went, time, like in in MCU chronological order of like yeah, the it, events that happened. You went yeah. through them in the order in which they would have occurred in the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. There you go. See, that's way too long. But thank you for clarifying that because I, <laughs> I was feeling really stupid. So, like, I watched it recently, but just kind of like you know, like just kind of watching, watching it to watch it. This time, you know, taking notes and everything else was just one of those things where I was able to kind of focus on it. And um, I think this movie gets a lot of flack for uh, no good reason. Um, I mean, it's yeah. tough when you have a like the follow up is a Winter Soldier, but this is still, I think, a very good superhero movie not like an mcu movie which are superhero movies in other movie like genres or genres or whatever you want to call it this still feels like it's very much a superhero movie uh but i I think it it does a lot of things right i agree i i definitely felt it's been a long time since i've seen this movie this is one of the ones that i don't come back to as much and after watching it this time, I'm not sure why. It is, it's like a really good standalone movie. Obviously, it connects to the other Marvel movies very well. And, and I'm not saying it doesn't. But what I am saying is that it has a nice self-contained story that makes it kind of more enjoyable to watch. Because when I watched Winter Soldier... When I watch Civil War, I want to watch the movies that follow it. I want, like, it gets me invested in a storyline, but Captain America First Avenger is just like a really nice self contained origin story. Yeah, I, I would agree with it. If you were to cut off the, obviously, if you cut off the end part, so you, you could self contain it very uh, appropriately, so to me, very rocketeerish. Yes, I mean, uh, people probably, people may not be aware when they're listening to this, but the director of this movie, Joe Johnson, uh, a lot, you know, aside from being sort of a prolific storyboard artist and an artist in general, he uh, also directed the Disney movie, The Rocketeer. Um, And I imagine that's why he was selected for this movie, because The Rocketeer is like one of the, one of the most authentic pulp movies that has been made in modern times i think a lot of people try to make pulp type movies let's uh for example sky captain and the world of tomorrow is like a movie that is is entirely focused on the aesthetics of a pulp movie with or a pulp series or serial while totally missing the point otherwise right yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. know if we've. Ever, I don't I've never talked to you about that movie, but that was a movie like that I was initially sort of taken by in terms of aesthetics. But it's, yeah, yeah, no, it's a hundred percent aesthetics. Like the the story is just woo. Yeah. Like <laughs> like you're like okay, Angelina Jolie looks badass in this. Like a hundred percent, the planes look great in this, and um. But then you're like, well, what's the story? Oh. oh. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, definitely. It, they took a, a steampunk approach to 
pulp in that and doesn't work. Yeah, I would say the Rocketeer definitely has the Rocketeer. If I had to think of like real pulp movies, the Rocketeer is number one. Uh, I won't count First Avenger as a pulp movie because it it's not. Um, I but, mean, it's not, but it is. Like it's it, not. It, it is, but it it is, but it isn't. Marvel we, we, does pulp is the is it, what I would say is like the, the the tagline for this movie. Yeah, but it it even though it takes place in a you know in you know the forties, it to me it doesn't have a. It has some pulp feel to it, but not like a Rocketeer, or or like yeah. Dick Tracy, or well, the, yeah, even sure. the Shadow, right? Like those feel like they could never be moved to the modern times. While this one has a anyway to me, this one has such a clip that you know you're going to be in the future, and maybe it's because it's how it starts, you know, with us seeing you know lasers and people going through and stuff like that. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, it, the, the parts in the past feel distinctively pulpy and that like, that's like from the super science standpoint, that's from like all the cool GI Joe style vehicles that Hydra has and uh like you know the super science with making the the perfect super soldier and stuff like these are all like they use pulp tropes and imagery and story structure even like like think about the 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 part where um the the doctor uh who is who stanley tucci's character whose whose name is uh escaping me in the moment yeah um erk yeah abraham yeah yeah he ex- exactly yeah he his uh like his whole character and uh i don't know it's like the, the whole thing it feels very it feels ripped from the from like the template that that pulp movies laid down um but to your point it's definitely been sort of modernized and made more accessible to to modern audiences but it definitely feels pulpy like think about the flashback where they tell the story about um uh red skull and how what happens to him when he takes like a proto version of the serum like that whole sort of montage flashback is so pulpy it felt indiana jones to me Eh, like I mean, yes, uh, on on a layer, it feels that way. But I think that could have been in any superhero movie. That could have been uh, Spider Man with Tobey Maguire, and we watch, you know, like him going through, uh, you know, <laughs> getting bit by the spider, and you know, sweating, and you know, having things zooming in the background and shit like that. I, I'm not. But think saying- about like the. Like the weird sort of, they have like symbols in the background, and it feels almost collagey in that, uh, like the the amount of um sort of uh montages they have in this movie feel very pulpy to as like a way to as a way to tell the story without investing time in character and relationship development. Yeah, but I mean that that's 
montages are tropes in all movies. Like even the visual way of it's hard to explain. Like this is a little bit more fantastical, a little bit more superhero-y. So yeah, it takes place in that has that pulp filter, but I don't think it's like a pulp movie. Not like Winter Soldier is like a, a action thriller that just happens. Right. Like the Winter Soldier is is the Marvel equivalent of all the all the King's Men. What is that? Watergate movie that I'm thinking of. Oh, with Watergate? Dustin Hoffman. And isn't it called like All the Presidents? All the Presidents Men? Is that what it's called? Yeah, sure. Wow. Sure. My I don't have a brain is Swiss cheese. I'll look it up. All right. Uh. <laughs> okay. But I mean, I, I think I, I get what you're saying. To me, the. the yeah, way- All the Presidents Men. Okay, all the presidents men. There you go. Um, the way that uh, that Spielberg and Lucas update the pulp formula for Indiana Jones reminds me of this movie a lot. Like this feels to, for better or worse, this feels like Marvel's most adventurous film. I don't know. It, there's something about it that feels very Indiana Jones to me. It feels very swashbuckling. It feels very uh pulpy but it is definitely like all marvel movies it's like a i think to what you're saying it's more like a sauce that is sort of draped over the meat of a marvel movie which is always pretty much the same i think that's why people like it right is the consistency but uh but this one they took the pulp sauce out of the refrigerator and liberally doused it in this in in the same way I think that they do with Indiana Jones because we just I think we we talked about Raiders for this podcast and Raiders still feels like a modern movie in terms of uh its pacing and its jokes and its presentation it it still feels modern it still he, it still hits pretty much the same way it, it did when it was when it came out for the most part. And I think this movie has some of that similar idea. It's taking the the sort of the the, the notes and the themes and the aesthetics of of the the pulp serials and it is modernizing them in a, a way that people will accept. I mean I give you that. I mean you also have the fact that you know Joe Johnson was the art director for Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> right. right. There so, is a lot more connective tissue here. You know, than, so, uh, yeah, that I'm letting on. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, shit, the dude thinks fantastical and he's still probably one of my favorite directors when it kind of comes to practical effects and props because sure, of, yeah. like, how cool his shit looks. I mean, he did Honey, I Shrunk, he directed Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Shit, he even did Jumaji. Yeah. Yeah, he he can make a fun, memorable movie. And I think part of that probably comes from his history as an artist. There's the, the way he thinks about shots, the way he sets up and frames things are so iconic and interesting. There are times in this movie where that kind of gets in the way. Um, but there are times where I'm just like, what? What the fuck? Like... Not to jump ahead too far, but you know at the end of the movie where uh, Cap is running after the Valkyrie 
um, like uh, the su- super wing death. Yeah, plane. the super the Valkyrie super wing thing that uh, that Red Skull has put together, mm-hmm. and he there's a sequence where he jumps up and like swings on a chain. And then it cuts to him running again, and you're like, why did you ever stop running? <laughs> why did you do this? Because he would have had to run through people, because he sure. turned over them. Though but I would it's... have liked to watch him truck a lot more Hydra agents. You know, just, ooh. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> like, take that, Fritz, or ex-Fritz. <laughs> take that, Hydra. Take two heads, huh? Pop! You know, as he's just punching everybody he's running through. I'd have liked that, but... Yeah, I mean... It's weird, you get a moment like that, but then you get that bomb-ass moment where he's diving after, like, the coolest-looking submarine. Jesus, like, I wish I owned one of those things. And I know it's a Hydra-made vehicle, but it looks so dope. I was like, he's going under the sea in style. Yeah, but- I mean, think about it. There, There's an aspect of this movie that it gives us the, the kind of G.I. Joe movie I've always wanted to see but they so far have not been able to provide us with. Yeah, I don't know why, because the, the templates are there. You're like, you got watch the Rocketeer when you want to do Rocket Pack stuff, and then you want fantastical vehicles that shoot lasers that really jack people up. Watch this first Avenger movie. Like, all yeah. the Hydra tanks are like his tanks. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, remember that giant one that, that Cap blows up? Like, when they're doing the... Cap making uh, Red Skull mad montage in the middle yep. of the movie. Yep. That yep. Oh. gigantic, like, it's just, it's like, there's so yep. much of this that feels like it was inspired by the real life plans of Nazi scientists to make these horrible war machines. And then in this movie, they just make them all reality under Hydra. And, uh, I don't, yeah, exactly. This is what I wanted from a G.I. Joe movie. So many cool little vehicles that the bad guys have. Yeah, I mean, even their motorcycles are so, like, these really cool-looking fucking motorcycles. While you see, like, Captain America's motorcycle, you're like, yeah, that looks like something America would come up with. Yeah, (laughs) but even... But even in this movie, they have, like, Howard Stark as the cue for Captain America to use sort of like a bond analogy and all, all like all of their stuff like they have these like little one-offs that they, they never even talk about that are super cool like think about uh Bucky's sniper rifle like they has yeah, things nifty yeah yeah it has all this we don't know what the tech is that it it employs but I'll be damned if it doesn't look cool and then Cap at the end uh, when he makes his sort of final assault, he has a uh, a motorcycle that has all sorts of cool like uh, gadgets on it. Yeah, it just looks horrendous, but it has cool gadgets. Yeah, it looks like garbage. <laughs> I and mean, the big it, old like the big old control pad that he has to push. It's just like okay, it's a it's period appropriate, but yeesh. He's like pretty much like there's these two big old toggle boxes on either side. He's like, all right, well, I'm going to push each one of these buttons and you're going to watch me push <laughs> every one of these buttons when I activate this, <laughs> this trip wire hook rope thing that I have to stop people on bikes pursuing me. <laughs> yeah. I'll <laughs> tell the- you one of the, one of the things I had a problem with, with this mm. movie uh, upon rewatching it 
is that I wish we would have spent... I wish the movie was longer, actually, or they had oh, split okay. it up into two. I, you know, I know that the way that Marvel did their rollout, that never would have worked because of just, you know, they had they needed to get him into the future at the end of this movie. But watching it, I really felt like, wow, I would have loved to have had this be two movies. I would have loved the first one to end with sort of, uh, you know, him becoming Captain America or at least, you know, finally getting to the front and helping his, his like, you know, the helping fight the war like he always wanted to and then have the next movie deal with his, you know, final uh, encounter with Red Skull. Not just because I want more Captain America movies, but also it's just a shame that we never got to see Hugo Weaving do this character again because I really liked the Red Skull, but I just wanted more, especially in the middle part. When they do that like really quick montage of him and the Howling Commandos um just you know wrecking shop around nazi germany i wanted mm-hmm. so much more of that i wanted to 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 have like a whole movie where that was the meat of the movie instead of just like you know 15 minutes of montage i give you that i'd say there's some real strong like relationships that i definitely want to see be built and yes. I still think they do a, a pretty decent job. Like I, I hundred percent buy like the Rogers Carter relationship. I love that. Like absolutely, yeah. And watching it again today, I was just like, yeah, this is this made Endgame so much more worth it. Like it was the long haul, but I was glad to see him get his happiness type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love their relationship there, but I would have also liked to see more red skull, like as far as yeah. that truly being his villain, because uh, to your point, we don't get him in the f- future. We get him in infinity war, but not in any sort of way where he would ever consider dealing with, you know, captain America again. It's he's, he's beyond that at this point. Right, he's a ghost on Vormir. The next time we see him, yeah. But uh, I agree. I like. I I wanted to. I wanted a whole movie where we get, where we get uh, the development of him and and Peggy's relationship. I agree with you. I think that uh, Haley Atwell and Chris Evans, they have so much chemistry together, and they yeah. sell that relationship to the point where when you get to the end and he makes that heroic sacrifice that you feel invested in that relationship in a way that I think has to be completely put on the shoulders of those two act actors. I think that they, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they create this relationship out of whole cloth and it's not there on the page. They have barely any interaction truly. No, every, every minute there with each other, they're building that, at a level that you know I, I would not i would not have expected or i was prepared to be like nah i don't buy this but by the end of it i'm like oh yeah i buy this completely and it's just because those two are acting they're you know acting to like the nth degree yeah um, and what's crazy is that how much character Haley atwell brings to agent carter peggy carter 
There's, I mean, no wonder there was a spinoff series that I wish they had done more with. I wish they would that had been even more integrated into the series because uh, that's one of the reasons why I say I wish this was two movies because I wish there was so much more time with the Agent Carter character and Steve Rogers because they are just it's such a cool character. It's it's a shame that they sort of tied their hand behind their back because it had to take place in the past. Yep. But, you know, I think in the end they 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 make amends for it. But sure. Yeah. I mean, like knowing what we know now, this movie hits a lot differently. I don't I don't know if you felt that same way. Yeah, 100 but... yeah, yeah, 1000%. I keep saying 100%, no, 1000% this movie. <laughs> a million percent. Uh, 2 million percent. I can keep going higher. <laughs> I do know numbers sort of. Don't 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 play with me now. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No. This it it is the ability of like, what uh, of of having like the complete picture for that this whole arc in your head where you're like, oh, oh, look at look at that little seed that they're uh, dropping here, and it's gonna be so good. And then like, you know, from the I could do this all day, you know, kind of layering that into all of a sudden, you know, their dance, and then getting that at the end of Endgame where you're like, oh, finally. Jesus, yeah, like, you know, because his life is incredibly depressing if you don't like if you don't think about what happens in Endgame and what he's able to achieve, his life is so sad because everything he everyone he knew, everyone that he loved is dead. And like it is somebody who continues to do the right thing, continues to to fight for their principles, even though they have nothing left, which is like something that is so powerful and interesting but yeah i just wanted more yeah <laughs> i think yeah. that's like what that's not really an insult but i just wanted uh yeah i just wanted I've, more of that, that that sweet captain america action yeah i think that's a compliment you know to be like yeah i would take another joe johnston movie of uh you know another captain america first avenger part 2 avenging or or whatever you yeah. call it absolutely and i think even more so than the other characters the the way that this movie sets up the idea of captain america as a symbol and as a symbol that is something that uh that inspires other people they have that shot at the end of that kid with a uh a trash can lid painted like captain america's shield sort of calling back to earlier when tiny steve picks up uh, a trash can lid to defend himself from that theater bully mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think that sort of it's something that is special about captain america and i think that is i if you were to sort of talk about other comic franchises it's the same thing that's sort of represented by superman but it makes it that much more incredible when a new captain america picks up the shield and uh in this in this new captain america series that made it even more impactful when the the mantle is is properly passed on to somebody who deserves it these movies help set up why that is such an important and interesting uh, process, which makes the the new Captain America and Winter Soldier, or Falcon and the Winter Soldier, depending on when you're watching 
spoiler alert, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like the the world has spoiled this for us. We don't really need to be careful about this. But anyway, it 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 retroactively makes, or I I, I could just say that the fact that it exists makes the the new Captain America series even more that much more interesting and um and impactful. Although I will say. Did you catch the? I mean, I'm sure you did, but the uh, the the Bucky Easter egg that they throw in here that never comes to fruition. Um, no, remind me. I'm so I'm sure it's there, but uh, there's the part. Just... So people, I guess, <laughs> I kind of assume people like are have the level of comics knowledge that you and I have, but that's not. And that's even putting me in the same stratosphere as you, I think, is even sort of uh, it's being generous to myself. But the the comics uh, information people who are invested in this kind of stuff have. But if you're not familiar with the history of Captain America, Captain America, Steve Rogers hasn't been Captain America the whole time for the whole run. There's several other people who have who have taken up the mantle. Um, Sam is one of them. You talking about the part in the train? Yes, the part in the train. Yes, of course. So, the part where Bucky picks up the Captain America shield and then shoots with the uh, pistol, which is that's his setup from when he the short time he was Captain America. But so I thought that was an interesting little Easter egg that wouldn't end up paying off because in the MCU that never happens. Ne- well, you know, never say never. I Maybe. think never. <laughs> well, I, mean, I hope. I hope the answer is never. Well, I just at this point I won't discount it. We might, with the multiverse and all that stuff, we might get a version of Bucky that is Captain America, and that's how they'll bring him over for part of a movie or something. So we might see it in some form or fruition, but. Yeah, it was it, it it that was a nice little nod to it at the very least. Or the fact that you know, like what the show ended up the Falcon and the Winter Soldier kind of exploring is the power that the shield and symbols brought and the type of person who needs to be able to wield it, because while it isn't a ridiculously expensive piece of metal the end of the day it doesn't matter you know it, it it or excuse me it does matter whose hands it is in like when you watch falcon Warrior soldier some heinous shit happens with that shield and it's crazy how much watching that affected me like as the you know as a big captain america fan which i am the the, the see it tarnished in that way was just like, oh, you're you're definitely no Steve Rogers. You're sure as hell no, like Sam Wilson. You know, you don't deserve that shield. But in this instance, you can see how Steve Rogers has earned that shield, earned that, like being the protector, earned how he earned the right to be Captain America. It made so much sense. The part that really got me was the dummy grenade thing, and you know, I never thought about it, but today watching because I, I I watched it before we recorded. That's great. I, I don't still can't remember Stanley Tucci's characters, how, how they were saying his name, but I, I, <laughs> I, I, well, I was, it's said mostly by 
by Red Skull, and he has a very good German accent in this you mean, movie. You mean Hugo Herzog? He's talking like Warner Herzog. That's a good call out. Yeah, Hugo Weaving. Uh, incredible job. Incredible yeah, job as a Red nah, Skull. Nah, he was great. But the, the, the part that got me was when he jumped on that dummy grenade. Right, because yeah. like all these guys were here, and he like you can see, you know, Chris Evans, like he just was like the the direction was don't even think about it. Like you know, you're gonna rescue a few people, and you know that's worth it. And just to see him do that was so much more powerful to me. And I was like, yeah, I see why they picked you. I I see why you oh, know, yeah. like I mean, the whole I. That's the thing about this movie. I think you, you I mean you sort of alluded to this earlier, but it doesn't does it doesn't get the credit it deserves, I think. No. Because I, I, I think Reddit I think uh Reddit, I don't know. I think uh um Iron Man gets a ton of credit for and deservedly so. It's rightfully an, so, Iron yeah. Man is an incredibly uh, an incredible movie, but I think people sort of compare these two movies and they couldn't be more different. I think for what Captain America is, aside from, you know, uh, maybe a few points that are a little too corny for general audiences, I think the, the, the movie that Captain America is is an incredible origin story and definitely deserves to be up there with Iron Man as a as a well done or Marvel origin movie. Cause they're not all great. Not all the Marvel origin films are good. Now, which, which one do you like the least? I think Thor, sorry to say, I think Thor is deserves like the, the, as a character in Marvel movies deserves like the most improved badge. Um, because I think his movies go from being kind of like a little, a little stuffy, a little boring into some of the best. Um, whereas I think I was actually thinking about it today. I think Captain America has the most consistent run when it comes to quality. Hmm. Yeah. Like think about think about Iron Man. Like Iron Man was number one was incredible. Like that movie when I saw it was just like a sea change in in terms of like what a what a superhero movie could be. And yep, yep. number two was a movie I have watched once and never again. <laughs> so well okay if you had to rank the Iron Man movies are you like one three two or are you one yeah. two three? I'm yeah, one see, three two. Yeah, no, I'm one, two, three. Um, really? You yeah. didn't like the... I mean, there are things about the third one that I I dislike from an extreme point of view, but I think the dialogue in the second or the third one is uh, is is really fun. It, it has its... It, to me, it has its moments, but it's not... Uh, to use your 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 take on it it's not as consistent um i like favreau's take on iron man and i was prepared to hate the first iron man like a a million percent because i'm 
huge Iron Man fan. It's the comics that I learned to read on. You know, like Bob Layton is one of my favorite Iron Man artists of all time. So I had really high expectations and Favreau shattered those. And then I think the second one was, uh, I really enjoyed it because of what it laid as far as, uh, framework and getting us the bigger, you know, Marvel universe in there. Uh, and you put black widow in anything I'm going to like, okay, I, I'm going to pay attention. The third one just was very much like, you know, Shane black wanting to make, a uh, Iron Man Christmas movie, you know, and <laughs> I, I'm sure. not, I was, you know, I was not a fan of the suit. Um, you know, and that's a lot that goes into it as far as the aesthetics of the, of the armor that he's rocking and stuff like that. So it just wasn't that hot to me, but I mean, I can understand why a lot of people don't like to, um, but yeah, I'll give you Captain America. So seems to probably be the most consistent of the, the standalone like series. Yeah, regardless of what you think about each individual entry, in terms of peaks and valleys, it just feels like Captain America has consistently just had good entries entries into his series. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, I don't know. We haven't we haven't ranked them, I don't think, but you know, Winter Soldier is still probably my top MCU film. I could watch yeah. that whenever it's on. Like Man, Easy. I watched it the other day uh, just for fun. And uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, I don't know if it's the fact that Robert Redford's in it or just how they unfold the, the whole Hydra conspiracy, but man, that movie is good and so fun to watch. Yeah, no, it rocks. But it's just, it's just kind of a shame that this one doesn't get that level of pep because it's a fun, to me, it's a fun movie. Like it, to, to what you were talking about earlier, you know, that the, reminding you of... Raiders of the Lost Ark and things like that. It's just, to me, it's like a really fun superhero movie or adventure movie where you're getting, you know, just enough dialogue to get you through, montages that explain what you don't know, and, you know, fantastical, uh, you know, fights as far as, like you like said, that giant tank is so dope. Like, it just has a lot going for it that is... Just fun. A lot more, like I said, a lot more fun than I, I thought it would be. Um, yeah. You know, another thing that I, uh, I was really impressed with uh, during this repeat viewing was the Little Steve effect. Thank you. That is one of my notes. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It, it works better than a ton of, like, of similar effects of the time. It holds up. Like, there are certain situations where you're like, well, that's Chris Evans' big face on a small man. <laughs> but, like, in general, it works really good. Now, I'm going to say that it, that effect is still one of the better effects I've seen that is that has withstood the test of time outside of the T-1000 in Terminator 2. And that's right? just because and- he's so plain Jane that it's hard to fuck that up. But this one... right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm just it's like just a, it's just a reflective mannequin. Uh, yeah, you're like, well, it looks good. It's moving. I'll take it. The, this one, the only like discrepancy is the fact that he's his little dude, but that voice is coming out of him. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. 
you know, like if I was turned around, he's like, stick him up. I'd do that because I think this dude was like 6'4", 200-something pounds. He can yeet me out of a fucking plane like nobody's business. Then I turn around, this guy's like <laughs> five foot two. <laughs> you know? yeah. Captain America is sort of vying for the Yeet King, the Pop Saga's coveted Yeet King award, isn't he? <laughs> I noted I put that in my notes too. It's like just yeet. throwing dudes out of a plane. It's like, hey man, I'm fuck I'm for it. Especially it's like Hydra, yeah, yeet. Like he made he was making some excellent baskets in this movie, tossing those dudes out. But yeah, that to me that's the only thing that kind of takes me out of it. It's like, man, that's a very nice voice coming out of a very small frame, but the effect is it's so well done, it's ridiculous. Like, I mean, you even watch Guardians of the Galaxies 2, right? And you watch the de-aged Kurt Russell. Yeah. That does not hold up as well as small Steve Rogers. Yeah, it, and like, think about de-aged uh, Michael Douglas in Ant-Man. That does not hold up as well. The only other effect, I think, de-aging effect... Even though this is not a de-aging at all, but the only other effect I think is young Robert uh, Downey Jr. Uh, from uh, Civil War. That one's good. I and it's would... just because they have so much to work with, I think, of actual young Robert Downey Jr. on film. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, that one works really well. I'm going to counter that one, though, with I think the better use of it is uh, Samuel Jackson and Captain Marvel. Yeah, I guess. I mean, like, hard to argue with that. He has a ton of screen time, and he does look like young Samuel Jackson the entire yeah. time. There's not a moment where you're like, wait a minute. Where, where, where's that Capital One Crow's feet? <laughs> you know, where? Where's that? What's in your wallet? Look, he, he's talking about you know Royale with cheese. Where's where, give me the give me the old uh, give me that old Samuel. Where is he? Yeah, yeah, not to be seen. And I only I am only using the de aging tech just in a sense of that, like you know the level of how they had to capture the de aging. I think they had to use like three or three or four shots per scene to do this effect like one with evan's normal where people were staring at his chin to be staring at steve's eyes if he was little mm -hmm. one without him there one with a body stand in that was like there's so much like step-by-step -step shots that, that they had to do with it that this holds up really well because it feels like this would be one of the easiest type of effects to break or even uncanny valley but it's done so well, even when he's lying in the, you know, the Vita Ray uh, super box to get, you know, juiced up. How he's lying and everything. I was like, yeah, okay, that looks like, you know, scrawny Steve Rogers. It doesn't look that broken. It's a, it's a, it's a very powerful effect and it works very well. Yeah, I was like, I think a lot of this is... And uh, I think a lot of this is due to the the actors who were uh, playing both these roles. I think this you have to give credit to Chris Evans and 
whoever was the little guy. Sorry. I did not look up uh, the man's name. Do you have it? No, no, no. I was like, no, I just got the top cast. I don't go down <laughs> and be like, like, you know, Itty Bitty Rogers. No, I don't. I don't know who that is. <laughs> yeah, no. But, it, no, it, it, he deserves a lot of credit. I'm not. I, I'm not even I'm not even gonna give Chris Evans credit for this. I'm just giving the fact that the effect is very uh very convincing. Um you, you know, like the head tracking, it's so done it's done so well. And then like that coupled with the fact that all the props are real mm-hmm. and not like, you know, like oh, obviously some of the backgrounds are CG and shit like that, but like Having like the uh, the submarine, which is still my favorite, those motorcycles, the you know the whole conversion chamber, all that stuff just felt like where they were blue screening or doing any of that was just so subtle that it worked so well. Um, yeah, for the time. Yeah, I I I, uh, I agree. I think the the. The reliance on practical effects in this movie is one of the reasons why it still holds up so well. Um, just for the record, L- Leander Deeney, Leander, L E A N D E R D E E N Y, that was the actor who played Skinny Steve Rogers. So, well, I'm uh, I'm giving him the uh, Captain America gift salute that everyone sends <laughs> the the salute when uh captain america thanks bucky for sniping someone for him yeah that's uh, the my uh my friend joe is a huge captain america fan like cosplays as him because dude's built like captain america what can i say uh, well, not, not not Linder Denny, but like Chris, <laughs> like the other one. Not, not like he cosplays as a very specific Steve Roger. No, <laughs> no, he, like Joe's a huge uh, Captain America fan. Has a bunch of the shields and stuff. And um, well, a lot of times when I message him things, he'll you know I like to reply with gifts because I think I could have a whole conversation in gift form. And oh yeah, I prefer get, to to speak in gifts. Yeah, and uh, every time I send him something, he he'll send me the Captain America that Captain America salute. So, Linder Dini, that's the salute I'm sending you. Yeah, likewise, you did an incredible job. It's it's Chris Evans' facial acting plus your physical acting that somehow. We're in perfect harmony. I don't know how you guys did this, but the whatever mind meld happened to create this like perfect amalgam of two people. I don't know. It, it, that's why I say it's it's you have to just give credit to the the people and not necessarily the effect because I think in the hands of somebody else, the effect, just the way that they acted, um. Might have ruined it. So I think yep. to me, it's a combination of everything together. Yeah, they all deserve praise. It's a it's a really incredible effect. How bizarre was it to mm. see the Paramount logo <laughs> before this movie? Yeah, I did. I wrote that down because I know this is their la- This was their last one before it swapped over to Disney. Um, weird. Right? Like, yeah. it just feels like Marvel's always been with Disney, and I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing, but 
um, yeah, it was weird. I was like, oh yeah, this was like Paramount. Hmm, interesting. Uh, also, the I mean, this is sort of true with the first Iron Man as well. I mean, that's sort of. It's 100% true with the first Iron Man. But the cast for this movie, like, you kind of expect in modern, like, modern Marvel movies, you'll say, okay, those legacy actors who have been cast as these characters, of course they're coming back. And there's usually, like, like another big-name star in there somewhere. Michael Keaton in, uh... In home coming, I forget the first uh, the first <laughs> Spider Man uh, name, but uh, yeah, and then funny. okay, there you go. I still <laughs> the Swiss cheese brain still got it. Um, and uh, you know, you get like Josh Brolin and Endgame and whatever. But this this these first Marvel movies were just like. They were like, who cares about the money? Let's just let's cast the like craziest set of actors. Like the fact that Captain America has uh, Hugo Weaving, Chris Evans and uh, Tommy Lee Jones in it. It's like you can you could hardly imagine a a Marvel movie paying that much for actors these days. (laughs) I don't know. Well, they don't need it, right? Like modern Marvel movies, they've built the stars, so they don't have to worry about like filling in the ranks with like notable faces. These earlier Marvel movies, it was just kind of like, yeah, just fucking buckshot them in the face with like star power. That'll get us there. But now it's just like, yeah, every one of them's a star, so we don't even worry about that. And the fact that you can transplant some of your other stars into another star's movie. And not have that feel like, well, you know, um, so I was watching, uh, you know, Captain America Civil War, and it really felt like it was an Iron Man movie. No, it's like, no, it's still a Captain America movie. It, in fact, it's just a low-grade Avengers movie, but that's fine. Whatever. Like, but, you know, like, you can transplant these stars one way or the other, and you don't feel like they're overpowering or taking up space. It provides so much. They, they layer this so well. But in yeah. this movie instance, yeah, it's like, look, get Tommy Lee Jones. Who Who's he going to play? He's going to be Tommy Lee Jones. He's just going to be Tommy Lee Jones in World War II. Is that cool? <laughs> yep. But his character was great. I loved that general character. I I didn't yeah. remember how much I yeah. loved Stanley Tucci in this movie. Nah, I, I, that one I knew. I You know, I always give Stanley Tucci shit because I just think of him from fucking... Uh, Transformers <laughs> Age of Extinction where he's like, oh my god! And, <laughs> let's not. Let's not. Yeah, no. I, I, <laughs> I went there. But this one is just like, oh, not only is he like super charming, he's an excellent actor. So it was great seeing him in this. Uh, the surprise actor to me in this one, though, who I thought did a fantastic job uh, was Toby Jones. Zola. Oh, I mean, Zola is such a weird character in this movie because obviously, look, actually, before I forget this, I just want to mention Mm. one of the things I love about this movie is that everybody hates Nazis. (laughs) This was like the greatest thing that they put together was that they literally have like it takes place during World War Two. So obviously Nazis are part of it. But Hydra Mm. is like an offshoot of the Nazis. And even Hydra hates Nazis like when they go when the Nazis come to check on Hydra 
to see what they're doing. They go into uh, the Red Skull's sort of like, uh, I don't know, his main room, wherever he is making all his plans. (laughs) Yeah, his lab office. And his office, in his office, is Mm. this map and one of the places he has targeted to blow up is berlin so he literally like hydra hates nazis we hate nazis it's like the the movie is telling us okay nazis are shit no one is (laughs) gonna be an actual nazi in this movie and everyone will hate nazis and i'm uh i like it everyone wants to kill hitler in this movie and i'm i'm 100 percent for it yeah, I mean, even the little um, outfit that you see Hugo weaving in earlier, like the little eagle thing with the swastika is so small you can't even really make it out. They're like, no, no, <laughs> look at the Skull Hydra logo he has on his chest. That's the important part, remember? Yeah, his, we, yeah. All wanna, we all want to kill Nazis, and I think that's, 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 a, that's a, uh, a sentiment more movies uh, should have. But back to your point... Zola is an incredible character. We literally feel bad for the guy. Why should we feel bad for Zola? But he he sells it. Well, I don't feel bad for him. Well, no, okay, sorry. He, but he's sort of presented as a sympathetic character, right? Like he is sort of presented as the counterpoint to the Red Skull's machinations, right? He is the. We see, we see him, and we know he's a bad guy, but even he is uncomfortable with what the Red Skull is doing, and that's how we know... I mean, we know it's bad to begin with, but we know it's extra bad because even the bad guys are uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, okay, I'm with you there. It, but how he portrays that, like... Uh, that in these this movie is just uh, phenomenal. Like the little facial tics that he's doing, like when he's listening to things and like weighing his options. Like there's so much being not just in his voice, which also wavers and changes. And like you know, like when th- that scene you were just talking about, where Red Skull blasts the Nazis with the death super laser thing. Uh, why well, I don't know why those fuckers didn't just try to shoot Red Skull, but. fuck this guys i love how they cast every one of like the the nazi command that came and checked on him as like each one of those actors they cast them because they made the nazis look like dipshits like each one of them looked like like dorky dipshits and that's like perfect they can't don't make them look cool yeah, the these cast- are all just like just like bootlicking dipshits. The casting call was just all like, okay, we're looking for Colonel Clink type Hogan's <laughs> hero Nazis. Exactly. You know, you got it. exactly. You must know nothing, and that is it. <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing. Oh <laughs> my. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking of. It's the best. And you know the weird part? Hold on, tangent. That episode was not written by Conan O'Brien, and that blows my mind that it was like a Hogan's God, that, Heroes. That's crazy. That feels like such a... That is actually... I am shocked. That is the most shocking thing I have heard in a while. Yeah, I thought that was him first off. Because fuck For I, sure. Yeah. It seems like a, his episode. 
yeah. one of his episodes. But uh, it, the, the, it, Zola, like when he's like, Hel-, the, all the dudes are like, Hell Hydra. And then you look at Zola's face and he's just like, oh, fuck, if I do not say that right now, that laser's going to be turned on me. So he's like, Hell Hydra with like the spittle and stuff. But even in his face, you could tell he's like, I don't think he cares so much about Hydra. He just cares about being able to continue his experiments. You know, oh yeah, like, and like think about when he when he like sort of collapsed back onto the door frame. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. sort of physical acting is exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah I I had that same bit written down in my notes. Is is that he he gives it an incredible performance and and it. I mean, it is in service of the plot, right? Because later when he is captured, Tommy Lee Jones's uh, character brings up that exact thing. It, you know, he says, you know, everyone we've encountered who's been a Hydra agent has this fake, this false tooth that they bite down on it. And, you know, it's a suicide pill and they, uh, and, and, you know, they take themselves out before they can give in information. But he was captured and didn't. So he's like, well, you'll play ball because you're a coward. <laughs> you're you're, you're kind of spineless, so um, we feel pretty comfortable. Um, now eat this sizzler steak. Oh, <laughs> no, I will. I'm just going to no. go ahead and eat this uh, overcooked steak, uh, steamed broccoli with no seasoning, and what looks like a few potatoes that have been purely been boiled and, and nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. Salt probably wasn't even in the kitchen when that salt wasn't even in the vocabulary. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, salt? Salt? What is this salt? There's a couple parts about this movie that I think that I wish would be better. I don't like the... I really don't like the scene where Haley Atwell, a.k.a. Peggy Carter, catches... Uh, Steve Rogers kissing a. Uh, at that time, I, I don't think I would have known who she was, but now we know her. She it's Natalie Dormer. She's famous from uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, but and- a real who's that in in uh, in this movie? But I don't like her reaction where she like <laughs> she shoots his his chosen shield. Out of jealousy. I think that's just lazy writing. Yeah. I didn't like it from the sense that I was just like, I don't I I don't need this drama um to feel like it needs to either be able to bring them together or that there there are feelings there. I felt yeah. that they conveyed that enough already. Exactly. That I didn't need this this side tangent. Um, I'm a hundred percent on on board with what you're saying here because that's exactly it, right? We it just seemed like a scene that was put in there, uh, just to say, women, right? Oh, <laughs> yep, so crazy. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I don't. I didn't need that. She's such a strong character that to have that be the case was eh, eh. Like my notes, literally, first one was fucking Natalie Dormer, because like you, I wasn't really paying attention to who it was, and then all of a sudden. After she kissed him, I was like, fucking Natalie Dormer. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I had dude. the same notes. I was like, wow, Natalie Dormer was in this? Yeah. Like, she was so striking looking and 
and such like they spent such a long time sort of establishing her as a character i thought for sure she was going to be a hydra double agent or something yeah yeah but of course that that never comes to pass but she's just there to make to make uh Haley atwell slash pet peggy carter jet uh jealous but the thing is like yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't. It doesn't really fit her character acting like that. And it's, like we, like you said, we already get it. Like they have enough chemistry to where I get that they would would be in love when they they have that ending moment where they have to say goodbye to each other. I already buy it. I don't need this sort of conflict. Although, if it's in service to paying off the fondue joke, then I'm more okay with it because I like the idea that Captain America is such a sort of puritanical sort of inexperienced character that he, when he hears the French word fondue, which he doesn't know because he's just like an orphan from the, the bra- from uh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn that he's like oh you and uh you and mr stark are uh, fondueing like he thinks it's a sex act up until the like the <laughs> like the the fourth part or sorry the mm-hmm. the end part of the movie he finally gets educated on what fondue is and i think that's actually a really funny joke um, I mean- so if it's in service of that then i'm okay with it but it feels like it it was helped, but I don't think that was the uh, I don't think that was the genesis of putting that whole scene in there. It feels like there's more no, to it than that. I think you're right. I think you could have done it easily with having Steve be the jealous one the whole time because you already set up that fondue joke like right when he transitions and from being uh like you know, the, the USO Captain America to the man of action Captain America. Um, you already get that, I think, in that, that plane scene with with Stark, uh, Peggy, and him. But, yeah. So I think you, I agree. You could have done it easily without that scene with, like, oh, you know, she was jealous, and then he's also jealous. Oh, he doesn't know anything about talking to ladies. You definitely could have done that differently. Yeah, it could have been layered in way... You could have got the same effect without having that whole, like, that whole moment, for sure. It just could have been just his blissful ignorance. You know what I mean? Like, maybe a little jealousy of Stark, and then, you know, you could even have Natalie Dormer's character be like, you don't got anything to worry about there. Like... (laughs) You yeah. know, she could have explained fondue to him and then that could have been a whole different take and whatever. Instead, it yeah. was, you know, a little, little fallacy to just kind of be like, well, maybe she's not into him after all. Brock, 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 brock. You know? Yeah. It's just like, oh, well, she's a very capable, smart lady, but she still has feelings. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we get it. We know she's a whole person. We don't need to to throw this in there. So that, that part kind of, that part definitely clangs for me now more than, uh, when I saw it initially, but, um, 
Yeah, I, here's another thing that kind of threw me for about this movie that I didn't remember. I didn't remember how early Bucky is uh, dispatched with in this movie. Yeah, I remember. Here's another thing that I thought was good and mm. funny about this movie. Um, not only the fact that Bucky got uh, murked right. so early in this movie. What do you, actually let's let's circle back to that real quick. What I thought so I for whatever reason I was remembering the comic continuity where Bucky isn't really he isn't really dispatched with until the sort of ultimate moment of this uh, story arc, but in this one he is just sort of like falls off a train. It very it feels very unceremonious. Yeah, it does. I mean, one in the comics, it was uh, a rocket, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he yeah. would have. I think if you like did a one to one translation with the comics and this movie, he would have lasted to the last scene. Yeah, uh, which which were it a more faithful adaptation. Yeah, and to be honest, I actually kind of like this very. Mm-hmm. way of him going because for the comic book fans everyone would be like oh shit he's going to become winter soldier there's you know no if ands buts about it but for the people who are like discovering this world for the first time through the movies they would just see this as the impetus to get like rogers mad enough to take on the red skull Right, like this, this, this death has made him determined even more so to deal with this. You know, kind of give him a little edge of like revenge, even or whatever. But also, yeah. it being so unceremonious, like in the middle, is a great way for you to just kind of forget Bucky was there. So then you're not really paying attention about the character. You truly think he's a side character at most. And then, like, when he shows up in Winter Soldier, it's, you know, like, you're getting popped in the face because you're not expecting it. And then seeing kind of what happened to him afterwards adds such a, a, a layer to what happened after the train. Holy shit, Zola got a hold of him anyway. Yeah. Yes. So I agree. I think I, from a... If you're talking about, like, if you're looking from Kevin Fahey's perspective... And you're thinking about the the new viewer who is just familiar with the MCU. They've come in through Iron Man or, you know, uh, a member of their family that's in- interested in the comics. And they have no clue what's going to happen. That's got to be such a thrilling, like, development later in the in the series. Yeah, like, I mean, I won't liken it to it being finding out that, you know, spoiler, spoiler, Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. <laughs> Fuck off! But, spoiler! Hey, just gotta throw that out there. Um, yeah, it's fair, it's fair. You know, like, the fact that I could not picture being in the theaters and hearing that for the first time. You know, I heard that via, like, CBS when they would air the movies. And that still blew my mind, but just picture being, you you watched A New Hope, and you're seeing this in Darth Vader's evil, and then you see him in this one, he's even eviler. Star Wars and then you hear, you know, then you hear that, that saying, you're like, 
You know, like you would never, I would have never seen that coming. You know, in this instance, there's a whole world of people who knew, who have a good idea probably what the next steps are. But then there's a whole, you know, what's the term that Harry Potter used? Muggles. Yeah. Who, <laughs> right? Who have no idea about this universe. So they weren't even thinking about it. And the fact that, again, it wasn't like, you know, no flags being flown at half staff, no like funeral scene, you know, like the next thing you get is Rogers is in the same bar they were in earlier, but it got bombed during, you know, one of the Nazi uh, air raid attacks against England. So he was there and that that's all you get. So it's so like unceremonious that you're not even really keeping him in your mind's eye as a character other than someone who just you know, was with Rogers, and then to get that reveal later has to be like a, oh my god, there's, there's these these movies are so deep. You know, I think it's I think it's pretty good. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think it's important to sort of like uh, take a step back and and understand that probably the majority of the people who saw these movies, considering the the amount of money they made, has no idea that this like sort of history exists in the comics and so a lot of this stuff must be just these huge revelations and that's brilliant right because we have that same experience except in much longer form uh you know following along with the comics so yeah i mean it's hard to overstate the brilliance of uh what marvel did and i think all you have to do is look at what dc has done another the other pillar of the comics community um (laughs) with (laughs) with their uh cinematic universe to really understand how hard it is to pull something like this off and uh yeah uh the, the whole experience was so enjoyable to me. Uh, I really enjoyed watching this movie again, and I think it's a, a movie that I will be coming back to a lot more um, in the future because I I saw it once. I really enjoyed it, but I didn't come back to it as much as I come back to uh, Winter Soldier or uh, even Civil War. I mean... Civil War to me still has the best version of uh, Ant Man in it. I I love that take of uh, Scott Lang because it feels. I, I do too. Yeah, I actually feels, uh, I do too. Yeah, the Ant Man movies. I get it. Maybe not necessarily for me. And I know they keep saying Paul Rudd has a lot of say or helping in writing it. It never feels like it because he's not. <laughs> Like, he's just not Paul Rudd. I'm like, just let him be Paul Rudd. And I think I'm okay with that. Um, Yeah, I mean, Civil War is the super flashy one, right? Like, you're getting more heroes. You're getting, like, this depth and story. You're getting some crazy set pieces. With Winter Soldier, you're getting a lot of, like, depth. And, you know, the resurgence of Hydra and all that stuff. Oh, spoilers, spoilers. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. 
right? So dope there. With this one, you're just getting, like, uh, to your point way earlier, a very self-contained movie almost, where I don't think you could make the first Captain America movie not be in this time frame and not, you know, and have it be as successful as the rest of the series because this is the type of groundwork that you would need to layer in, right? Like, I couldn't picture a Captain America, like, first Captain America movie being a modern movie with even just flashbacks to the past because I don't think it would have that same payoff. No. I agree. I mean, like, you have to have Steve Rogers be a man out of time. That's mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what makes his story tragic, and it what makes his his ending satisfying. Uh, otherwise, he's just some dipshit. <laughs> like, yeah, know. yeah. It, it it doesn't have it does it doesn't have the level of import like it, it or impact that. It this one does, and rewatching it kind of really reinforced that. Because to your point, having the whole story, seeing even the the meager notes that were in this movie layered out throughout, makes that payoff at the end so much more worth it. Where if this was like a modern movie and we were getting flashbacks with him and Peggy Carter, I'd be like, eh, whatever. I never got to see this period actually because the only times i see it would be like you know in a flashback when he's like this is the time i punched red skull off a bridge you know what i mean or whatever lame things they do this is this was a this was a fun watch and i think you know probably the movie to watch on this you know fourth of july you know weekend with our you know us celebrating our independence right from that evil Britain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we saw that steak, dude. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I guess the uh, the the true condemnation is where uh, they filmed uh, that scene, which is probably L.A. So, crafty, shame on you. No, that really... Although, I guess if they were trying to like recreate a 40s uh slightly pre-blitz uh london steak that maybe maybe they're really geniuses right now someone went to a sizzler i was like give me your biggest steak and they're like okay you can get the steak tm procure me your driest steak <laughs> yeah I want a steak that could also be used to sole shoes. <laughs> I, I need a steak, but I also need to replace a brick in a house. What can, what can you provide for me? I need a steak that will allow me not to use the bathroom for 72 to 120 hours. <laughs> Something that will just <laughs> obstruct everything. What, what could be, listen, I need Mm. a steak as a prop, but I also need a butt plug, but I'm afraid of putting things in my butt. What can you do for me? Well, I have you covered. I can make you a... (laughs) Today's your lucky day. day. I have a London boil. (laughs) Don't you mean broil? 
Sure. <laughs> sure. It'll be incredibly hard to chew, so we recommend you don't. Just swallow. <laughs> It'll just get right there, and then won't leave your body. It'll be quite <laughs> exhilarating. Uh, oh, poop steak. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Do do you have any other uh, other notes you wanted to get to before we uh, wrap things up? No, I mean we talked about it in broad strokes. I think the fact that you know people could probably tell that we we really do have an appreciation for the character as uh, you know as a character is one of my favorites and oddly is always the one that you know i want to kind of point to and people ask me you know what do you feel about america and all this stuff i was like well i kind of wish it was sort of the one that he's fighting for um yeah one of the things that occurred to me while i was watching this movie is that captain america doesn't become captain america until he thinks for himself um this movie had him sort of like they they made him he was an experiment the 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 person who made the experiment was killed they were supposed to make a whole like battalion of these super soldiers so he was just like the prototype and so when he was created they just threw him away they said well you know we can't do I don't need you. I needed an army. I don't like you're not enough. That was the that's like the message that's that's you know said to Steve Rogers his entire life. He's not enough. Mm-hmm. And the the point is that he proves that he is enough uh through his actions. You don't need a bunch of strong people. You just need the right people who are strong. I don't know if that's wise or 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 true, but when I saw this movie, I kind of came to the realization is that when Steve Rogers thinks for himself, when he acts on instincts that are inspired by his own moral code is when he becomes Captain America. Not when he is when he dons the suit and he is you know, cheering people up via, like, USO shows. That's not Captain America. It's when he finds out his friends are in trouble and he risks his life to save them, despite uh, what, you know, his superiors say. And I think that wasn't a very interesting thing that happened because it sort of foreshadows the conflicts that are most interesting in a Captain America story, which is, like... When he has to choose between what he thinks is morally right and what is told to him by, uh, you know, the structure, the power structure that he has has sworn to to protect. So I think it was interesting that they started that conflict even in this movie. And I think that to your point about Captain America being the representation of the ideal that you want America to be, I think that there is a certain purity in how he and how he is 
portrayed. Now, granted, this can mean a lot of stuff to a lot of people, but um, I agree. I think that he embodies the ideals that I wish everyone would aspire to, which is uh, compassion, which is understanding, which is like thinking about people as humans first and uh you know not commodities or numbers or anything else i don't it's it's i don't know it's it's weird because we live in a society right now we live in a world right now that is very complex but there's something simple about how captain america comics and movies treat morality that is comforting yeah but i i I agree i think that's just because that is what is likened to like that is what appeals to you right like not to get too deep but you know we worry a lot of you know a lot that i see here in the states are more about uh people taking offense to individual freedoms, right? Sure. Everyone thinks about themselves as the individual when, you know, well, what about me? I don't like this. So you shouldn't infringe on me and I don't care about any of you. And to me, that's not the way to do things. And that's not how to exhibit. It's, it's thinking about being you know, with each other. We are in this together. We will be stronger together. Let's not bully each other. Let's not do these things and browbeat because we can get out of these situations a lot easier if we were able to lean on our fellow, you know, person versus trying to do it all ourselves. And you get that sense of Captain America as a a symbol He's, a, you know, a, a, an ideal. And so anyone could be a Captain America. It doesn't necessarily have to be like just, it, it's not just Steve Rogers. It's just not Sam Wilson. But what they exhibit and who they are, the content of their character, is what makes them a Captain America. So, like, if you want to know how to treat a fellow human being, watch how they do it. Because... They're not just thinking about themselves, they're thinking about others. Yeah. Uh, extremely well said. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't remember the exact quote, but um, just uh, there was a part in this movie where uh, Stanley Tucci's doctor character is asking Steve Rogers why he wants to kill Nazis. And I thought his response to that question was one of the most sort of uplifting and enlightening parts of this movie, which is to say that he doesn't want to kill anyone. And that's the key. He doesn't want to... It's it's not that he's just like... He is like happy and thirsty to kill those Nazis! Nope. It's it's just that he he doesn't like bullies, whatever yep. the situation, whether it be a uh, you know a 
an ideology or a side in a war, someone who is going to come around and uh, bully somebody else, he can't, um, it's not something he can abide. So that's something that he's going to fight against. And that is the part that really resonated for me, is that it's not about causing violence on somebody else because they don't share your ideology. It is more about protecting people who are vulnerable and fighting for justice for everybody, truly, not just people who you would like to see get justice. Yeah, I could not have said it better. Well, I think at the end of the day, I can speak for both of us and say that we both love this movie and you should watch it. I hated this movie. Don't watch it. No. no! <laughs> was so off. How dare you speak for me? You should have asked me beforehand. <laughs> then I would have told you. How dare you? Oh, <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Oh, how how very sad. But um, that's what you come to Pop Saga for. <laughs> these <laughs> these epic uh, these epic disagreements. Just of course, uh, just kidding, of course. Um so anything else you want to say about any final thoughts about this movie, John, before we wrap it up? No, wrap it up, B. I think we've covered it. I think we've covered it. I feel I I feel good. I feel Yeah. Good. I think we've covered it and then some. Um so uh hey everyone out there. You want to keep uh current on the podcast? You want to get in touch? with us then follow us on our social media we are at the pop saga on twitter and instagram and if you want to get in touch with us uh the old school way email who uses email anymore um you can do that you can we do the answer is we do <laughs> we use email and you can get in touch with us uh we are the pop saga at gmail.com send us an email you know do you have uh, suggestions for the show we won't read it but you could send it um how about our theme song our uh theme song made by burton m6 the best most professional part of our show thank you so much for our theme song uh if you've got a podcast that you're starting up, we couldn't recommend this artist more. So look them up on Fiverr. The links are in our show notes. Speaking of show notes, do you want to maybe support the ongoing production of this podcast? Maybe this podcast has become part of your weekly routine. Well, the only... Currently, the only and best way to get us that sort of money is to buy our merchandise. Check the show notes. There will be a link there. You can buy t-shirts. You can buy stickers. Do we do we offer anything else? Yeah, you can get caps and, uh, you know, the uh, mask and uh, hoodies. And uh, you, can get a, you can get a bunch of stuff. Yeah, 
there's some stuff there you can yeah. get. Uh, there's some new exciting uh, stuff coming soon. Um, I haven't actually re- revealed this to uh, John, but I, I I've been working on our new logo. Oh, and I added uh, Leia, Jordy, and He Man to that logo. And only John knows what I'm talking about, but um, so look forward to that. Uh, I will your way, John, to review. <laughs> Excellent. I you love reviewing there. things. Yep. You out there may never see it, uh, depending on how copyright infringement-y <laughs> it ends up being. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, we're working on a new logo and a new t-shirt for you. Some stuff that was mentioned on la- uh, last episode is going to be coming out. Um, so keep a lookout for that. But you can support us that way. And... Um, as we like to end these shows from John and I, I, I would just like to say, we would just like to say that we hope wherever you are out there, you are feeling happy and you're feeling healthy. And we'll see you next week. Happy ba- birthday, America. And, and also remember, I can do this all day. <laughs> within reason. Be kind, America. (laughs) All right. Pop Saga, you know we keep it groovy. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies. A couple of nerds, but got style. We so cool. Pop culture, talking new and old school. Yeah, you should know we love hip-hop. From the roots, Ty live. Shout out to Feral Munch. We giving you what you want. It don't get no liver. Ain't no doubt we got you. This is Pop Saga. Let's go. Oh yeah, you heard right. This is a lifestyle. Welcome to the nerd life. Pop side.